Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Technology One Full Year Results Roadshow. For this presentation, Edward Chung, Chief Executive Officer, Stuart McDonald, Chief Operating Officer, and Paul Dobbins, Chief Financial Officer, are on the call in Brisbane. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Technology One Full Year Results Roadshow. For this presentation, Edward Chung, Chief Executive Officer, Stuart McDonald, Chief Operating Officer, and Paul Dobbins, Chief Financial Officer, are on the call in Brisbane. There will be a presentation followed by a question and answer session. Participants on the phone who wish to queue for questions will need to press star followed by one on their, on their telephone. If you wish to ask a question via the webcast, please type your question into the Ask a Question box. I would now like to hand the conference over to your host today, Mr. Edward Chung. Thank you. Please go ahead. Thanks, Harmony. Uh, good morning, Stuart. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, everyone uh, online. Thanks for joining us today uh, for the Technology One 2021 Full Year Results presentation. Uh, these materials were lodged with the ASX this morning. Um, let's jump straight in, and I'll start with the highlights. When you think about um, Tech One's uh, customers and target markets, local governments, universities, TAFEs, government departments, hospitals, they're hugely complex organisations, and they um, use and rely on Tech One's global SaaS ERP uh, to run their business. Um, we've got now 15 with the recent acquisition of Cientia and hundreds of modules. So when you add them all up, there's over 300 modules that we provide uh, to the markets we serve. Um, it's a very, very broad organizations, and they um, use and rely on Tech One's global SaaS ERP uh, to run their business. Um, we've got now 15 with the recent acquisition of Cientia and hundreds of modules. So when you add them all up, there's over 300 modules that we provide uh, to the markets we serve. Um, it's a very, very broad and deep ERP. Uh, it provides mission-critical software for those organizations to run them, to automate them, to streamline their processes, um, and really make life easy for these complex organizations. Secondarily, our global SaaS ERP is available on any device, anytime, anywhere around the world. And it's um, just a, it couldn't have been better suited for situations like COVID. And as we come out of COVID, uh, remote working or hybrid working in the office and at home. When you put that together, it's allowing our customers in those markets to innovate with greater speed, greater agility, and face those challenges ahead that we all face. Our customers can then just leverage our apps to streamline their business, automate it, and make life easier for them because we take care of all the technology. And when you put it there is continuing strong demand for Tech One's global SaaS ERP. If we turn to the next slide, the key metric for our business is SaaS hybrid working in the office and at home. When you put that together, it's allowing our customers in those markets to innovate with greater speed, greater agility, and face those challenges ahead that we all face. Our customers can then just leverage our apps to streamline their business, automate it, and make life easier for them because we take care of all the technology. And when you put that, there is continuing strong demand for Tech One's global SaaS ERP. If we turn to the next slide, the key metric for our business is SaaS annual recurring revenue or SaaS ARR growth. And this organic SaaS growth is powering our business. We delivered SaaS ARR of $192.3 million, and that's up 43%, all organically, um, on the prior comparative period. We added about 100 SaaS customers uh, during the year. You can see there that we ended with 637 large enterprise-scale 
um, SaaS customers. These are customers with thousands and tens of thousands of users. And with our fast-growing um, SaaS business, we're on track to hit our target of $500 plus million worth of ARR by FY26. We ended the year with, you can see on the slide there, $257.5 million in total ARR. So that's an additional $242.5 million of ARR by FY26. Um, and we have a very clear runway and a line of sight and are confident that we can achieve this. We delivered our 12th consecutive year of record profits um, with profit up 19%, profit before tax up 19% to $97.8 million. Uh, and that's at the top end of guidance that we set um, at the half year. As that SaaS continues to drive and power our business, the outlook for us for FY22 is strong, and I'll get into that in a bit more detail later. I'll turn to the dividend slide now at the bottom of page five. There's no doubt we had a great year. And we remain confident on our outlook and confident on the outlook for FY22 in particular. As a result, tax up 19% to $97.8 million. Uh, and that's at the top end of guidance that we set um, at the half year. As that SAS continues to drive and power our business, the outlook for us for FY22 is strong. And I'll get into that in a bit more detail later. I'll turn to the dividend slide now at the bottom of page five. There's no doubt we had a great year. And we remain confident on our outlook and confident on the outlook for FY22 in particular. As a result, the full year dividend is 13.91 cents per share. You can see that on the slide there, up 8%. And when you look back over the last 10 years, that's compound growth in dividend of 12%. Just want to go through a couple of key highlights and milestones that we've achieved through the year. So, in August, late August, we announced the end of on-premise by 2024 uh, for our on-premise customers. It's a it's a watershed moment. It's a key milestone for Tech One, and it gives our remaining on-premise customers ample time to move from on-premise to SaaS. And when you think about a company, uh, when you think about Tech One, we've been hugely successful um, for the last 34 years. And um, it was an on-premise license fee uh, business, and we've completely reinvented ourselves completely reinvented our business, our systems, our processes, our culture, our people, our structures, our commissions policies, absolutely everything. And we've delivered um, a global SaaS ERP that's massively scalable. It's a single instance um, global SaaS ERP. And to be honest, I can't think of many companies in the world that have been able to achieve what we have. Um, the move from on-premise to SaaS uh, for our customers is seamless, it's simple. Uh, we've architected in such a way it's the same software and they can our systems, our processes, our culture, our people, our structures, our commissions policies, absolutely everything. And we've delivered um, a global SaaS ERP that's massively scalable. It's a single instance um, global SaaS ERP. And to be honest, I can't think of many companies in the world that have been able to achieve what we have. Um, the move from on-premise to SaaS uh, for our customers is seamless. It's simple. Uh, we've architected in such a way it's the same software and they can move in weeks, not years, like people using our competitors' products. You know, you think of them, SAP, Oracle, Infor. And by transitioning to SaaS, um, our on-premise customers will unlock all the benefits that our SaaS customers get. And there's there's plenty of them, but I'll just call out two or three. One, they get defense-in-depth security built in. We have the highest levels of cybersecurity um, of any SaaS provider uh, in the world. All of our products and modules are available to the customers. It's frictionless. They can use them. They can try before they buy. It's all available. 
um, and they can take those on at any time. And on SaaS, our customers have reported to us, they save 30 plus percent on their total cost of ownership. Our customers have then moved to SaaS. Um, they can easily take our next generation product, CI anywhere, and then they can take advantage of exciting new technology like artificial intelligence, which is built into um, uh, DXP. And I'll talk about that a bit later. All right, turning to the next slide, our future state business will grow up 15 plus percent per annum. And I'm going to take a few moments to explain this. Today, uh, our business is made up of two businesses, if you like, a legacy license fee business, which we're purposefully reducing over time. And, um, but that's not a true reflection of our underlying business, which is to the next slide. Our future state business will grow up 15 plus percent per annum. And I'm going to take a few moments to explain this. Today, uh, our business is made up of two businesses, if you like, a legacy license fee business, which we're purposefully reducing over time. And, um, but that's not a true reflection of our underlying business, which is our SaaS and continuing business. And I'm going to get into that now. So when our license fee business is totally wound down as planned, you can see that the SaaS and continuing business will coalesce and become our total revenue, and that will grow at 15% per annum. So if you look at that graph there, you can see today's total revenue, that's in the block black dotted line, um, for FY21, that was total revenue of $311 million. And included in that is $18 million of our legacy license business, our SaaS and continuing business. And I'm going to get into that now. So when our license fee business is totally wound down as planned, you can see that the SaaS and continuing business will coalesce and become our total revenue, and that will grow at 15% per annum. So if you look at that graph there, you can see today's total revenue, that's in the block black dotted line, um, for FY21, that was total revenue of $311 million, and included in that is $18 million of our legacy license business. Have a look at those um, orange bars, if you like. That legacy license business was circa $75 million in FY18, then came down as planned to $43 million, again as planned to twenty to eighteen, and over the next few years, um, it will be gone. And this reduction in license fees and our license fee business hits our P&L straight away. It creates a headwind. So you can see this year we had an immediate impact uh, in FY21 compared to FY20 of $10 million. Um, that was a headwind. A headwind. Have a look at those um, orange bars, if you like. That legacy license business was circa $75 million in FY18, then came down as planned to $43 million, again as planned to 20 to 18 And over the next few years, um, it will be gone. And this reduction in license fees and our license fee business hits our P&L straight away. It creates a headwind. So you can see this year we had an immediate impact uh, in FY21 compared to FY20 of $10 million. Um, that was a headwind, a headwind that we had planned for. But then you can see also in the blue line there, our revenue from SaaS and continuing business, and it's up 9%. And this, this business, it's high quality recurring revenue. Um, but the revenue is recognized rateably over time. So it has very little impact on this year's business. So if I can give you, if I can sort of sum that up, a contract which was previously a legacy license deal, um, that $10 million would have been a one-off um, hit, a one-off one gain, if you like, to the P&L. That's now converted to $2 million venue recurring revenue, which is, you know, high quality. And with our 99 plus percent retention, you can see that's significantly more valuable to Tech One. So what I want to reiterate is that um, our SaaS and continuing business will become, it will coalesce and will become our total revenue. 
and will grow at 15 plus percent per annum when license fees have wound down as planned. I'd like to now um, get a bit deeper into the results. Um, let's go to the results summary, please. You can see at the bottom of this slide here, there's SAS ARR grew 40 plus percent retention. You can see that's significantly more valuable to Tech One. So what I wanted to reiterate is that um, our SAS and continuing business will become, it will coalesce and will become our total revenue and will grow at 15 plus percent per annum when license fees have wound down as planned. I'd like to now um, get a bit deeper into the results. Um, let's go to the results summary, please. You can see at the bottom of this slide here, there's SAS ARR grew 43%, and that's that's the main metric. That's what's powering our business. Um, if I move my eye up to profit before tax, and that resulted in our profit before tax of $97.8 million, and that was at the top end of guidance. Starting at the top then, you can see that revenue from SAS and continuing business up 9%, and that was, you know, I explained that in the previous slide, 3%, and that's that's the main metric. That's what's powering our business. Um, if I move my eye up to profit before tax, and that resulted in our profit before tax of $97.8 million, and that was at the top end of guidance. Starting at the top then, you can see that revenue from SAS and continuing business up 9%, and that was, you know, I explained that in the previous slide, similar you know, the revenue from legacy license business, it was 70, circa 75 million back in FY18 um, and we're driving that business down aggressively and driving up the revenue from our SaaS and continuing business. Our total expenses, they were in line with our expectations. They were um, down slightly, I call it line bore, um, but not to the detriment of R&D. We had strong investment of R&D for future growth up 13%. I'll talk about that a bit later as well. Um, and then two more other sort of um, notes here, the cash similar you know, the revenue from legacy license business. It was 70, circa 75 million back in FY18 um, and we're driving that business down aggressively and driving up the revenue from our SaaS and continuing business. Our total expenses, they were in line with our expectations. They were um, down slightly, I call it line bore, um, but not to the detriment of R&D. We had strong investment of R&D for future growth up 13%. I'll talk about that a bit later as well. Um, and then two more other sort of um, notes here. The cash uh, flow generation was very strong, uh, met our expectations, uh, and I'll get into that a bit more detail. And just a final note, the profit after tax there is up 15%, and that was because of an increased tax rate uh, in um, the year, FY21, due to some reduced R&D tax benefits. But when we look forward going to FY22 with the updated R&D tax regime, we expect the uh, effective tax rate to return to uh, previous levels in uh, FY22. Okay, uh, looking at our margin, you can see there that the profit margin before tax for FY21 was 31%. That's up on 28% uh, in the prior year. And it's really the um, strong margin expansion is driven by the significant economies of scale we're getting from our single instance global SaaS ERP. Um, we're more efficient in all parts of our business um, in terms of technology, but also in terms of overhead as all efficiencies from focusing on SaaS, you know, flow through to all parts of our business. Um, similar to what we said at the half year, um, in FY20, in the second half of FY20, we re rebalanced headcount from our on-premise business to growth areas like SaaS and to DXP, and that's flowing through into FY21. Uh, and we maintained our COVID-inspired um, remote implementation, you know, flow through to all parts of our business. Um, similar to what we said at the half year, um, in FY20, in the second half of FY20, we re rebalanced headcount from 
our on-premise business to growth areas like SaaS and to DXP, and that's flowing through into FY21. Uh, and we maintained our COVID-inspired um, remote implementations. Um, all implementations or most implementations are done remotely now and remote digital user groups. So I just wanted to reiterate that um, the higher margin and lower expenses, it's coming from the scale that we're getting from our SaaS platform. And as we continue to win more and more SaaS business and our SaaS business scales globally, uh, you'll see that margin continue to improve to 35 plus percent in the next few years. And if you've been following Tech One for a while, you know when we get there, we'll just set the bar higher again and we'll continue to drive margin growth and margin expansion uh, in our business. Just reiterating that while expenses were line ball, um, R&D, but it wasn't to the detriment of R&D with um, R&D investment up 13%. Uh, and I'll get into that a bit more detail later, uh, scales globally. Uh, you'll see that margin continue to improve to 35 plus percent in the next few years. And if you've been following Tech One for a while, you know when we get there, we'll just set the bar higher again and we'll continue to drive margin growth and margin expansion uh, in our business. Just reiterating that while expenses were line ball, um, R&D, but it wasn't to the detriment of R&D with um, R&D investment up 13%. Uh, and I'll get into that a bit more detail later, um, but we used it to extend the functionality of our global SaaS ERP, new products, new modules, uh, but also invested in um, some really exciting new technologies such as local government DXP. Um, I'll get into that in the next section. Uh, we'll continue to double in size every five years and I'll jump into the balance sheet there. So on the bottom uh, of the page, page 17, you can see the balance sheet. We continue to have a strong balance sheet uh, with cash and equivalents of 142.9 million. That's up 14%. And after the initial payment for Cientia uh, of $11.6 million. Uh, we continue to have no debt. Uh, and I just wanted to um, call out a few items here. You can see there that our trade and other receivables was up. And that's a positive. And it related to many deals closing, you know, late in the year. Uh, and we've had continued to have strong collections early in this year. Uh, you can see contract assets there. Contract assets are uh, relate to extended payment terms, typically for customers with long consulting implementations uh, or term licenses for um, customers on premise. And those term licenses, they're not perpetual licenses. They're higher quality because, again, they're recurring revenue and they're getting our customers ready for SaaS. And when you think about the um, end of on-premise announcement we've made, you know, end of on-premise by 2024, it marries the two strategies together. Um, one is that we move our customers to SaaS, and two is we move our customers off that one-off revenue to recurring revenue. And if I sum up, you know, these contract assets, they'll um, decline over time as we move all of our customers to software as a service. Uh, the other um, important note there is deferred revenue. Uh, deferred revenue represents the amounts that customers pay us, they prepay us for SaaS annually in advance. And um, that number has grown 11%. And you should see, continue to see that number to grow in line with SaaS growth. All right. Might um, turn our attention to cash flow now. You can see um, cash flow generation of its they'll um, decline over time as we move all of our customers to software as a service. Uh, the other um, important note there is deferred revenue. Uh, deferred revenue represents the amounts that customers pay us, they prepay us for SaaS annually in advance. And um, that number has grown 11%. And you should see continue to see that number to grow in line with SaaS growth. All right. Might um, turn our attention to cash flow now. You can see um, cash flow generation of $63.9 million. That's up 12%. 
And that's 88% of net profit after tax, which was 72.7 million. And that um, slightly beat our expectations that we set at the half year of um, 80% of net profit after tax. Um, it's important to note there that at the half, cash flow generation was negative 3 million. And this is going to occur and reoccur in future years because the majority of our customers have their um, anniversary dates and therefore cash inflow in the second half of our financial year. And when you look at the cash flow, um, it was even more special considering that FY20 had a bumper start to the year of circa $12 million from large license deals that were closed in FY19. That's a similar message that we presented at the half. Um, as I've said previously, uh, we continue our long history of strong cash flow generation, uh, and we expect that to progressively grow from where it is today to match net profit after tax uh, by FY24. We'll turn to segments now. That's at the bottom of um, the page there. Um, you can see that we break our business up, business up into three operating segments on the left. We have our software segment driven by strong um, SaaS growth, uh, our consulting segment really driven by improved execution, um, margin and delivery for our customers. And then we have the corporate segment, which really is getting royalties from both the software and consulting segments. Uh, if you look at the geographic segment there, you can see that UK delivered a profit of $1.6 million, and that's up from a break-even last year, and I'll get into that in a lot more detail um, in the UK slide. If we can turn to the results analysis and key metrics, uh, I don't, I won't propose to go through any of this. The important note is that Tech One has one of the highest return on equities of any company in Australia, and when we adjust it for um, net cabinet, which really is getting royalties from both the software and consulting segments. Uh, if you look at the geographic segment there, you can see that UK delivered a profit of $1.6 million, and that's up from a break-even last year, and I'll get into that in a lot more detail um, in the UK slide. If we can turn to the results analysis and key metrics, uh, I don't, I won't propose to go through any of this. The important note is that Tech One has one of the highest return on equities of any company in Australia, and when we adjust it for um, net cash above, you know, required working capital, it's even higher at 60-plus percent. I now want to turn to um, some significant achievements uh, through the year. Just to reiterate, there's the 14 products we have before the acquisition of Cientia, and um, we're one of only a few companies globally that has such a big footprint. It's so broad and so deep. Um, as I said, each one of those products um, can stand on its own, has 20 to 30 modules, and when you put it together, it's a very compelling proposition. We provide mission-critical software, which runs, automates, and streamlines the organizations we serve. They're deeply integrated out of box. They compete on a best-of-breed basis, as well as coming together for a total ERP. There's a common platform, a common user interface, and it's this single um, interface that's um, so single integrated experience that streamlines the business for our customers. Thanks, Paul. We'll turn to uh, the vertical markets now. You can see that that solution is really resonating uh, with the markets we serve, and all verticals perform strongly. Um, the significant, we call it white space or opportunity uh, in the markets we serve, and in any single market, we don't exceed 15% of this. And it's this single um, interface that's, um, sorry, single integrated experience that streamlines the business for our customers. Thanks, Paul. We'll turn to uh, the vertical markets now. You can see that that solution is really resonating uh, with the markets we serve, and all verticals perform strongly. 
Um, the significant, we call it white space or opportunity uh, in the markets we serve. And in any single market, we don't exceed 15% of the total addressable market um, in each sector. And our market penetration, um, sorry, and, our, and if you look at the graph there, you can see that local government was up, um, it's very small now, uh, 15%, education up 17 government up 22%. Thought I might just pause for a second. Um, Stuart, can you add some colour to the total addressable market um, in each sector? And our market penetration, um, sorry, and, our, and if you look at the graph there, you can see that local government was up, um, it's very small now, uh, 15%, education up 17 government up 22%. Thought I might just pause for a second. Um, Stuart, can you add some colour and some examples about how we achieved uh, these results through the year? Sure. Thanks, Ed. If you look at the impressive logos on the right, they validate the company strategy and strength of our verticalized global ERP solution. Starting with Charles Sturt, they came to market for a small module. Once we finalized the sales engagement, we had sold them a full one edge solution. Again, a new logo for us, Charles Darwin Unique, came to market to replace their Oracle and other disparate products. Again, we were able to position our one edge solution. It should be noted that One Education incorporates our award-winning student management financials, HRP, EAM, just to name a few. The Uni of Tasmania was a partner of ours for 12 years. We've been talking to them for some time about migrating to our SaaS platform. With the announcement of the on-prem, uh, the end of on-prem, sorry, end of on-prem, sorry, they accelerated the decision-making. It should be highlighted that each of these wins mentioned above were over $1 million in ARR. Ontania was a partner of ours for 12 years. We've been talking to them for some time about migrating to our SaaS platform. With the announcement of the on-prem, uh, the end of on-prem, sorry, end of on-prem, sorry, they accelerated the decision making. It should be highlighted that each of these wins mentioned above were over one million dollars in ARR. On to the successful local government wins. Gympie Regional Council was a full one council win to replace Civica. This started with an unsolicited proposal less than 12 months ago. A partner of ours, 15 years, Logan City Council, made the move to the SAS platform as part of their overall modernization program. In the, the successful local government wins, Gympie Regional Council was a full one council win to replace Civica. This started with an unsolicited proposal less than 12 months ago. A partner of ours, 15 years, Logan City Council, made the move to the SAS platform as part of their overall modernization program. In the UK, there are three local council sizes, a district council, a unitary, and a borough slash city council. We have a strong position in the district space with a very high win rate. With the success, with this success, we responded to Blackpool Council to see if we could compete at unitary level. I'm proud to announce that we are awarded this project and since then have been awarded another unitary. This opens up many new and exciting opportunities for us in the UK. These are only a few with a very high win rate. With the success, with this success, we responded to Blackpool Council to see if we could compete at unitary level. I'm proud to announce that we are awarded this project and since then have been awarded another unitary. This opens up many new and exciting opportunities for us in the UK. These are only a few of the impressive successes we have had in the Hof, and it shows our strategy and our vertical ERP SaaS solution is defining the sector we operate in. Right. Thanks, Stuart. I'll turn to the next slide there. You can see we continued our very strong customer retention across all markets. Slight blip this year, but nothing to be concerned about. 
Um, we've also added for the very first time a uh, new metric that's it's known in the SaaS world, and it's called net revenue retention. And the way it's calculated is you grab your opening ARR, add the new ARR sold to existing customers, remove any lost ARR from existing customers, and divide it again by uh, opening ARR. And that's how you get the um, metric of net revenue return. Um, we've also added for the very first time a uh, new metric that's it's known in the SaaS world, and it's called net revenue retention. And the way it's calculated is you grab your opening ARR, add the new ARR sold to existing customers, remove any lost ARR from existing customers and divide it again by uh, opening ARR. And that's how you get the um, metric of net revenue retention. Um, so in short, this category includes um, customers moving from on-premise to SaaS, uh, all customers who might take new products, new modules, uh, new um, new users, extensions, etc. The only thing it doesn't include is uh, new logo revenue. Uh, it's a quality measure. And anything over 110% is seen as a good uh, outcome. And so we, you can see there we've uh, delivered strong expansion performance of 112%. It comes from, as I explained, um, new users, extensions, etc. The only thing it doesn't include is uh, new logo revenue. Uh, it's a quality measure. And anything over 110% is seen as a good uh, outcome. And so we, you can see there we've uh, delivered strong expansion performance of 112%. It comes from, as I explained before, our global SaaS ERP. It's very broad. It's mission critical. There's lots of functionality for our customers to take. Um, it's a significant opportunity in our existing customer base. And it's frictionless. All customers on SaaS can see all modules, all products, all extensions. Everything is available to them. We, we call it open licensing. It's frictionless. And they can use it. They can configure it themselves. They don't have to ask for purchase orders. They don't need to have any software downloaded. It's all available all the time for our customers. And as a result, it's becoming more and more predictable. It's non-competitive. It's transactional in nature. And there's a low cost of selling to existing customers. And we'll continue to drive what we call product penetration into our existing customer base all the time for our customers. And... As a result, it's becoming more and more predictable. It's non-competitive. It's transactional in nature. And there's a low cost of selling to existing customers. And we'll continue to drive what we call product penetration into our existing customer base. Our SaaS business is growing really strongly. So just to mention it again, SaaS ARR is growing at 43% all organically. And it's also because it's so compelling. You know, we've got one global code line, which makes us hugely efficient. We can invest tens of millions of dollars each year, and every customer gets the benefit of that. There's massive economies of scales. The customers get two releases automatically each year with new features, new functions, percent all organically. And it's also because it's so compelling. You know, we've got one global code line, which makes us hugely efficient. We can invest tens of millions of dollars each year, and every customer gets the benefit of that. There's massive economies of scales. The customers get two releases automatically each year with new features, new functions. They've got eight active data centers. It is the highest level of security. There's fast migration. Uh, they save 30-plus percent on their total cost of ownership, and they can take additional products quickly. It really is making life simple for our customers. Um, next slide, please, Paul. So you can see there that 
moving our customers from on-premise to SaaS, there's an additional $145 million just from that. We call it one platform for growth. Uh, and we've got a very clear runway. We've announced the end on the on-premise. We've got clear line of sight, eight active data centers. It is the highest level of security. There's fast migration. Uh, they save 30 plus percent on their total cost of ownership and they can take additional products quickly. It really is making life simple for our customers. Um, next slide, please, Paul. So you can see there that moving our customers from on-premise to SaaS, there's an additional $145 million just from that. We call it one platform for growth. Uh, and we've got a very clear runway. We've announced the end on the on-premise. We've got clear line of sight and we're working with all of our remaining on-premise customers to move them to SaaS. So our SaaS business continues to grow very strongly. Um, the quality of the revenue stream is extremely high because, you know, contractually it's a recurring contractual nature and we have a very low churn rate. Today, ARR is now 90%. So 90% of our revenue is recurring, which positions us really strongly. It's locked in for the next financial year. So with a fast-growing SaaS business, with a hugely compelling value proposition, combined with the announcement of the end of on-premise by 2024, we are confident we are on track um, to see total ARR of 500 plus million by FY26. Now I want to spend a is now 90%. So 90% of our revenue is recurring, which positions us really strongly. It's locked in for the next financial year. So with a fast-growing SaaS business, with a hugely compelling value proposition, combined with the announcement of the end of on-premise by 2024, we are confident we are on track um, to see total ARR of 500 plus million by FY26. Now I want to spend a couple of moments on R&D. Uh, we continued our significant investments in R&D. You can see their R&D investment of 77 million. Um, that's 24% of revenue and up 13%. Um, it was significantly higher than our benchmark of 8%, uh, but we took the opportunity to invest for the future, and we did it all within our total cost envelope. Total cost was um, line ball. Uh, we do this to maintain our leadership in innovation, to um, really focus on not the here and now, but the next 5%. Um, it was significantly higher than our benchmark of 8%, uh, but we took the opportunity to invest for the future, and we did it all within our total cost envelope. Total cost was um, line ball. Uh, we do this to maintain our leadership in innovation, to um, really focus on not the here and now, but the next five to 10 years. Um, and it's focused on a couple of areas. It's focused on adding new features, new functions, new capabilities to our global SaaS ERP. Um, with the two releases every year in 2021B, um, we, you know, uh, delivered 308 new product enhancements, modules, extensions across the enterprise suite. And uh, 2022A is in development now, finishes around Christmas time and is launched in February next year. Um, going forward, Probably this year, we expect R&D to be around 10%, but going forward over the next few years, R&D growth, I should say, uh, will revert to 8% over the next few years. Now, I just want to take a few moments to um, give you an update on this every year. In 2021B, um, we, you know, uh, delivered 308 new product enhancements, modules, extensions across the enterprise suite, and uh, 2022A is in development now, finishes around Christmas time, and is launched in February next year. Um, going forward... Probably this year, we expect R&D to be around 10%, but going forward over the next few years, R&D growth, I should say, uh, will revert to 8% over the next few years. 
Now, I just want to take a few moments to um, give you an update on DXP. It's it's so exciting and it's game changing. Um, we just got to remember DXP. It's a long term strategy. It's not a short term thing. We're going to make significant investments in DXP for future growth, just like we did in our SaaS platform 10 years ago. And if you think about that SaaS platform, over the first few years, we made um, losses, um, but we knew it was the right thing to do strategically. And if you look forward now, it's powering our growth and will continue to power our growth 10 years on. DXP is going to be similar. Significant investments in DXP for future growth, just like we did in our SaaS platform 10 years ago. And if you think about that SaaS platform, over the first few years, we made um, losses, um, but we knew it was the right thing to do strategically. And if you look forward now, it's powering our growth and will continue to power our growth 10 years on. DXP is going to be similar. We're making long-term investments uh, that will power our growth in five to 10 years' time. TechOne is very strong in supporting our customers in the back office. You know, the hundreds, the thousands of users doing month-end processing, processing rates, admitting students, um, you can you can picture it, right? We're now reaching into our customers and helping them service uh, their stakeholders, their customers, their ratepayers, their students. So we go from the back office, you know, with thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of users, to the front office with hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of users. It's really going to differentiate us, make us even more sticky, provide even more mission critical software for our customers. Uh, and going forward in the future, it'll be a significant, you know, product and, and a revenue stream for us. And the customer feedback's been amazing. Um, LG DXP, uh, we've got our first early adopters uh, working on it. The first customer went live only a couple of months ago. You see the feedback there from, you know, with thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of users to the front office with hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of users. It's really going to differentiate us, make us even more sticky, provide even more mission critical software for our customers. Uh, and going forward in the future, it'll be a significant, you know, product and, and a revenue stream for us. And the customer feedback's been amazing. Um, LG DXP, uh, we've got our first early adopters uh, working on it. The first customer went live only a couple of months ago. You see the feedback there from City of Canning. Um, it says there, my feedback is nothing but great. I see there been some thought gone into making our work easier for both customers and our, um, for ourselves and our customers. Super excited, can't wait. And the next couple of early adopters are about to go live imminently. Um, student DXP, another um, really exciting project. It's in the research phase now, and I'll update that more in um, future um, presentations. Um, turning to uh, our defence in-depth security, this year we elevated all of our federal customers to a new um, security level, and that's IRAP protected, the only global SaaS ERP provider to be able to provide that. Uh, we continue to invest millions of dollars to set the bar even higher. Uh, we all know that cybersecurity is, um, you know, a hot topic uh, in all boardrooms. It just isn't feasible for anyone to be on-premise and to be able to keep up with you know, the requirements to manage cybersecurity. You can only do that if you move to a SaaS first strategy. This year, we elevated all of our federal customers to a new um, security level, and that's IRAP protected, the only global SaaS ERP provider to be able to provide that. Uh, we continue to invest millions of dollars to set the bar even higher. Uh, we all know that cybersecurity is, um, you know, a hot topic uh, in all boardrooms. It just isn't feasible for anyone to be on-premise and to be able to keep up with you know, the requirements to manage cybersecurity. You can only do that if you move to a SaaS first strategy. We might move to the UK next. Thanks, Paul.
We see significant upside in the UK. You know, it's three, it might even be bigger. It's at least three times the size of um, the APAC market. And so we continued our significant investments for future growth. As I said, at the half year, we're just completing our customer first or remediation phase and our focus is now on growth. If you look down the left-hand column there in the FY21 achievements, we delivered a profit of $1.6 million versus break-even last year. It now... I might move to the UK next. Thanks, Paul. We see significant upside in the UK. You know, it's three, it might even be bigger. It's at least three times the size of um, the APAC market. And so we continued our significant investments for future growth. As I said, at the half year, we're just completing our customer first or remediation phase, and our focus is now on growth. If you look down the left-hand column there in the FY21 achievements, we delivered a profit of $1.6 million versus break-even last year. It now has ARR of $9 million, up 20% uh, on this time last year. Uh, we closed eight new logos, seven in local government, one in higher education. We predicted that um, at the beginning of the year. And as Stuart said, we've closed th through this year two unitaries, which pushes us up to the next tier of larger councils um, in the UK. And, and they're probably, you know, double the size in ARR in the, in the districts that we've been um, so successful in. When we look forward, the pipeline for FY22 is is strong. year, And as Stuart said, we've closed th through this year two unitaries, which pushes us up to the next tier of larger councils um, in the UK. And, and they're probably, you know, double the size in ARR in the, in the districts that we've been um, so successful in. When we look forward, the pipeline for FY22 is, is strong. We're confident. Um, UK student management and HRP regionalisations are on track for completion. Um, for student management in particular, we finished the last uh, R&D deliverable in August this year. We're now into the, you know, the third phase implementation. Um, and it's looking and feeling good. Uh, we're starting to now bid a confident um, UK student management and HRP regionalizations are on track for completion. Um, for student management in particular, we finished the last uh, R&D deliverable in August this year. We're now into the, you know, the third phase implementation. Um, and it's looking and feeling good. Uh, we're starting to now bid for student management deals in the UK. We appointed new executive vice president for the UK, uh, Leo. He comes with a proven track record uh, and he's really focused on growth in the business. And of course, you would have seen recently uh, we acquired Cientia and that provides us that additional brand recognition, the customers that I have in the UK in particular and the scale. The next slide is about Cientia. So in September, uh, Tech One acquired Cientia Resource Management. It's a UK headquartered uh, company and the impact on FY21 was negligible. It was insignificant. The acquisition is really focused on that strategic focus of ours to um, build the deepest functionality for the markets we serve. And when you think about their product, which is um, scheduling and timetabling, it's mission critical software that all higher education uh, universities uh, need to run their business. They've got uh, an enviable customer list, you know, 150 to 200 customers. Um, we're going to tap that customer list. Uh, obviously, sell act on FY21 was negligible. It was insignificant. The acquisition is really focused on that strategic focus of ours to um, build the deepest functionality for the markets we serve. And when you think about their product, which is um, scheduling and timetabling, it's mission-critical software that all higher education uh, universities uh, need to run their business. They've got uh, an enviable customer list, you know, 150 to 200 customers. Um, we're going to tap that customer list to obviously sell our own products uh, into them. It's the first international acquisition that we've ever made, 
and it demonstrates our commitment to both higher education and our commitment to the UK market. Um, we're excited about the opportunities and um, guess what? If you're thinking about student DXP, one of the most important things for a student is obviously their timetable. And this is a very important part for the DXP strategy as well. Okay. Uh, I wanted to spend a few moments talking about our people, our culture, our team. TechOne's people solve incredibly complex business problems for our customers. Um, it's them you know, they've delivered this massively broad and deep global SaaS ERP. Um, we compete and win against some of the world's largest um, multinational software company timetable. And this is a very important part for the DXP strategy as well. Okay. Uh, I wanted to spend a few moments talking about our people, our culture, our team. TechOne's people solve incredibly complex business problems for our customers. Um, it's them... You know, they've delivered this massively broad and deep global SaaS ERP. Um, we compete and win against some of the world's largest um, multinational software companies. We know them, you know, SAP and Oracle. They've got tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of R&D staff, and we're only a fraction of their size and win. Um, we independently recognize them as employer of a choice. And, you know, we're all reading about the market pressures related to employment and at Tech One, we continue our investments in our team. It's as we know them, you know, SAP and Oracle, they've got tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of R&D staff, and we're only a fraction of their size and win. Um, we independently recognize them as employer of a choice. And, you know, we're all reading about the market pressures related to employment. And at Tech One, we continue our investments in our team. It's, it's in a holistic and in an integrated way. We provide our leaders with healthy budgets for remuneration, but equally as important, we've focused our investment on the team and our culture. Um, you know, we focus on our, our team members and their careers with career plans. We continued our investments in a whole lot of programs and cultural events you see there, one talks, buddy programs, grads, hack days, um, continuous EMPS surveys, Marvel awards, uh, regional days, the list goes on. Um, one thing I wanted to um, call out is during the year, we were fortunate enough to be able to invest in a company kickoff, that's what CKO is there. And we brought all staff in from all regions um, to reconnect with our vision, our purpose, our strategies, and hear from their leaders. Uh, it was quite amazing to be part of. And, you know, our people, they continue to amaze me with their strong culture of creativity and innovation. And these fantastic results you see here um, is really couldn't happen without them. It's a testament to uh, the leaders of Tech One and our people that have really delivered those results. Now, if I fast go to the next slide, sorry, Paul. The Tech, Tech One Foundation, it's also another critical initiative to retain and attract staff. Um, the Tech One Foundation defines who we are, defines our value, couldn't happen without them. It's a testament to uh, the leaders of Tech One and our people that have really delivered those results. Now, if I fast go to the next slide, sorry, Paul. The Tech, Tech One Foundation, it's also another critical initiative to retain and attract staff. Um, the Tech One Foundation defines who we are, defines our values, our culture. And um, we believe, you know, through the youth, we, through investing in the youth, we can have the biggest impact on the future. And like everything in Tech One, we set ambitious goals. And our ambitious goal is to lift 500,000 children and their families out of poverty. There's also a nice quote there. I won't read it all out, but that's from a recent Tech One graduate, and it really just resonates with us as a 
as a um, a mechanism also to you know attract and retain um, the next generation of tech oneers. To wrap up uh, this part of the presentation, we delivered record profits, record um, SaaS ARR, record revenues. SaaS ARR, our key metric is 192.3 as a as a um, a mechanism also to you know attract and retain um, the next generation of tech oneers. To wrap up uh, this part of the presentation, we delivered record profits, record um, SaaS ARR, record revenues. SaaS ARR, our key metric, is $192.3 million. That's up 43% total, totally organically. Um, our total ARR was up 16% to $257.5 million. Profit before tax up 19% to $97.8 million. We delivered margin improvement. Uh, UK is coming uh, out of its customer first phase, you know, really poised for growth, profit up 1.6 million. Uh, consulting continued to uh, improve its delivery and execution up 14% to 15.6 million. And we have very strong um, balance sheet, cash and cash equivalents and cash flow generation. If I just go now to the, the last section, the outlook for next year. So when we're looking forward to FY22, the markets we serve are highly resilient. Uh, we provide that significant value to our customers with the deepest functionality. You know, it's mission critical software. It runs, it streamlines, it automates their business processes. Um, with our global SaaS ERP, we take care of all the technology for them. We've got all the benefits that I've discussed through the presentation and it allows our customers to innovate with speed and agility. Um, we really make life simple for them. SaaS, it's, you know, creating significant opportunity. By 22, the markets we serve are highly resilient. Uh, we provide that significant value to our customers with the deepest functionality. You know, it's mission critical software. It runs, it streamlines, it automates their business processes. Um, with our global SaaS ERP, we take care of all the technology for them. We've got all the benefits that I've discussed through the presentation and it allows our customers to innovate with speed and agility. Um, we really make life simple for them. SaaS, it's, you know, creating significant opportunity for us. We've got a very strong pipeline for FY22. We see continuing strong growth uh, and we'll provide much more detail in the AGM and with our first half results. Um, we're on track to hit 500 million plus ARR by FY26. Just thought I might pause there now and say thanks everyone um, for listening to the presentation. I'll hand over to Harmony. Harmony, can you introduce the um, Q&A session please? Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you wish to queue for a phone question, please press star. Um, we're on track to hit 500 million plus ARR by FY26. Just thought I might pause there now and say thanks everyone um, for listening to the presentation. I'll hand over to Harmony. Harmony, can you introduce the um, Q&A session, please? Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you wish to queue for a phone question, please press star followed by one on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. If you wish to cancel your request, please press star followed by two. If you wish to ask a question via the webcast, please type your question into the ask a question box. Your first phone question comes from Nick Harris from Morgans. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks, uh, and good morning, everyone. A um, couple of questions from me. Um, just the first one, 
Um, you added 61 SaaS customers in the half. I was just wondering if you could give us a bit of a split between net new customers versus on-premise customers flipped. Hey, Nick, it's Ed here. How are you? Hey, Ed. Very well, thank you. Um, we don't disclose the numbers that way, Nick, but what we have done for the first time is disclose net revenue retention, and that's all revenue from existing customers. Um, and I think you can you can effectively back-solve that now because we've said existing customers grew um, 12% total ARR grew 16%. And I think that's about $8 million then, Nick, in new logo revenue. The rest is from existing customers either flipping to SaaS or taking new products, modules, extensions, etc. Thanks, Ed. Um, and just uh, obviously you've said you'll end the on-premise um, solutions by 2024, which is a massive milestone. Just trying to understand yeah. Um, for customers, does that mean you no longer support it and they could still run it offline or do they actually have to um, have to migrate or turn it off? Yeah. Said. Um, and just uh, obviously you've said you'll end the on-premise um, solutions by 2024, which is a massive milestone. Just trying to understand yeah. um, for customers, does that mean you no longer support it and they could still run it offline or do they actually have to um, have to migrate or turn it off? Yeah. Probably the first thing I say is we, um, we're very loyal to our customers, Nick, and, and we won't leave them hanging. We've, we've obviously drawn a line in the sand uh, and we'll work with all of our customers to get them to SaaS as soon as they're ready. Um, if there are any customers left after 24, which I, I doubt there'll be many, but there might still be 5%, uh, if it's on-premise, they can continue using the software, but they'll be unsupported because we won't support on-premise anymore. Um, but so long as customers and, and our team are working together and putting a roadmap together when they're moving to SaaS, then, you know, I'm sure we'll continue to support them through that journey. Got it. That makes sense. Thank you. Um, and just the, the Sentia acquisition, and I've probably got a few mm. more, but I'll stop and let other people have a go. Yeah. Um, just um, the Sentia acquisition, are you able to um, just provide any sort of commentary around, A, the, the P&L on an annualised basis, and... Be just the sort of the source code and the software. Are you rewriting the whole mm. thing um, to put into the TNE stack, or just a little bit on how you'll integrate that? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So from a um, P&L point of view, we, you know, uh, we continue our way, Nick. We we're not buying businesses, you know, for huge profit growth or ARR growth. It really is a strategic piece of software for us uh, in the higher education product. Um, it's mission critical. Every university and TAFE requires this type of software to schedule their rooms, their students, their teachers um, in an efficient way. Uh, also, it fits really neatly with um, two of our strategies. One, our DXP strategy, because we'll be able to deliver you know, that um, timetable in a really user-friendly way to um, the, the thousands of students, tens of thousands of students in universities and our growth. It really is a strategic piece of software for us uh, in the higher education product. Um, it's mission critical. Every university and TAFE requires this type of software to schedule their rooms, their students, their teachers um, in an efficient way. Uh, also, it fits really neatly with um, two of our strategies. One, our DXP strategy, because we'll be able to deliver you know, that um, timetable in a really user-friendly way to um, the, the thousands of students, tens of thousands of students in universities and our UK strategy, you know, giving us the scale, the brand recognition in the UK. Um, we'll provide more detail on P&L and numbers when we provide the detailed guidance uh, that we um, prepare, you know, in the next couple of um, releases. Uh, and what was the second part of your question, Nick? Oh, rewriting the code, oh, sorry, yes. 
yeah. yeah. Um, we have a way, we have a method, we have a technique in when we buy companies. Um, we maintain their code, maintain, um, you know, the customers, provide bug fixes, et cetera. But we will definitely rewrite their code into our single instance, you know, global SaaS ERP to make it hugely efficient, to have the same look and feel. All those benefits I talk about like every other product. And generally that takes about two or three years, Nick. So if you think about the acquisitions we made in 2015, it was spatial, uh, e-planning and strategic asset management. Yeah, that, those were rewritten over um, two, three years, Nick. So we'll continue that method. Customers provide bug fixes, et cetera. But we will definitely rewrite their code into our single instance, you know, global SaaS ERP to make it hugely efficient, to have the same look and feel. All those benefits I talk about like every other product. And generally that takes about two or three years, Nick. So if you think about the acquisitions we made in 2015, it was spatial, uh, e-planning and strategic asset management. Yeah, that, those were rewritten over um, two, three years, Nick. So we'll continue that method. That's great. Thanks very much, Ed. Thanks, Nick. Might hand over to some more questions, please, Harmony. Thank you. Your next question comes from Chris Savage from Bell Potter. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Ed Stewart. Paul, first, first question, Ed, kind of a general question. You announced the end of lifing of on-premise, what, a few months ago, around mid-year. Yeah. Have you seen a change in customer behaviour since then? Like, have the flips to SaaS accelerated in any way? Uh, g'day, Chris. It's Ed here. Yeah, we now said late August, so it was only, a, yeah, it was a couple of months ago. Um, I'd say the majority of our customers... Are, nearly all has said, yeah, about time. <laughs> like, you know, everyone has a strategy to move from on-premise to SaaS. We don't see in the market any tenders, any requirements from on-premise at all. In fact, it's quite unusual. Uh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be, I, I, Stuart, I'm looking at you. I can't even think of one that's been come out. Um, does that answer the first part of your question, Chris? And then I was more just interested, has this prompted some of the customers who are perhaps a bit tardy? In- um, I'd say the majority of our customers are, nearly all has said, yeah, about time. <laughs> like, you know, everyone has a strategy to move from on-premise to SaaS. We don't see in the market any tenders, any requirements from on-premise at all. In fact, it's quite unusual. Uh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be, I, I, Stuart, I'm looking at you. I can't even think of one that's been come out. Um, does that answer the first part of your question, Chris? And then... I was more just interested, has this prompted some of the customers who are perhaps a bit tardy and you know, yeah. looking to switch? <laughs> has that sort of, you yeah. know, got their skates on a bit? Yeah, I might hand to Stuart for that. Yeah, they definitely weren't ready with budgets in the budget cycle, so they've had to go back, mainly the councils, to go through and get the budget cycle process. So we're working with them to make sure that they can get in their their very managed and controlled cycles that they need to be very forward with. So in that regard, they've been probably a little bit caught out, but from a philosophy and from a need and from an IT standpoint, there's absolutely no issue at all. And we're working with all those councils to manage that. Yeah, it's probably important to note, Chris, we've, we've, we've given plenty of notice, you know, FY24, we'll work yeah. with all of our customers, we speak to them all to make sure that they move there um, in due course. Sure, thanks. Uh, thanks. Second question is probably a bit more for yep. Jobbo. Yeah. Um, the expense growth has been, you know, pretty anemic the last few years, sort of low single digit or even negative like last year. Are we getting to the point where we're going to see a, a step up? We, um, Chris, we, 
we'll give more guidance, obviously, at the half year and, and a little bit of guidance with the AGM. We, you're aware that we have a, a headwind of the increasing amortisation um, mm. uh, as we amortise the, the development of R&D. Um, I'm not, not imagining uh, an enormous step up in costs. Um, we will continue to manage our overall investments um, and ensure that we can continue to increase our investment in R&D within the parameters. More guidance, obviously, at the half year and, and a little bit of guidance with the AGM. We, you're aware that we have a, a headwind of the increasing amortisation um, mm. uh, as we amortise the, the development of R&D. Um, I'm not, not imagining uh, an enormous step up in costs. Um, we will continue to manage our overall investments um, and ensure that we can continue to increase our investment in R&D within the parameters that Ed mentioned, um, maybe 10% this financial year, but we're not expecting a, an enormous uh, increase in costs. We will, um, as I said, give more guidance at, yeah. the, at the half, um, but I think you, you also understand what we talked to with our margin expansion that you know we've also said that we expect our PBT margin to be growing to 35% plus in the next few years um, and that will happen steadily over that time so I, I think that's yeah from that broad uh, guidance um, without giving guidance you can, uh, you can work out what we think costs might do. Uh, Chris I might add that um, you know as we move to a full SaaS business, it will get greater efficiencies in our business, number one. And number two, um, we continue to drop. That, you know, we've also said that we expect our PBT margin to be growing to 35% plus in the next few years, um, and that will happen steadily over that time. So I, I think that's, yeah, from that broad uh, guidance, um, without giving guidance, you can, <laughs> uh, you can work out what we think costs might do. Uh, Chris, I might add that, um, you know, as we move to a full SaaS business, it will get greater efficiencies in our business, number one. And number two, um, we continue to drive significant investments in our SaaS platform to deliver higher security, high performance, but also margin expansion for Tech One. And just to reiterate, that's that's what's really driving us in the next few years. Yep. And last question, probably back to you, Ed. The, the payout ratio continues to fall and the cash balance continues to increase. Are you sensing or flagging more acquisitions in the next year or two? I think we're just, um, firstly, being a, a conservative, Chris. We, you know, um, we look at all things. We look at dividends, special dividends, acquisitions, um, and I just want to leave a message that um, we're responsible with the money. <laughs> you know, we won't waste it. We have very high hurdles. If it makes strategic sense, all and the cash balance continues to increase. Are you sensing or flagging more acquisitions in the next year or two? I think we're just, um, firstly, being a, a conservative, Chris. We, you know, um, we look at all things. We look at dividends, special dividends, acquisitions. Um, and I just want to leave a message that um, we're responsible with the money. <laughs> you know, we won't waste it. We have very high hurdles. If it makes strategic sense, like acquisition, then yeah, we'll we'll jump in an acquisition. But um, you know, we're very cautious when it comes to acquisitions. All right, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Your next question comes from Mitch Sonigan from Macquarie. Please go ahead. 
Good morning, Ed Paul and Stuart. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. G'day. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ed. Um, that's just a quick one first up. Um, just in FY21 for the customers that you did flip over to SaaS, are you able to give us any indication of um, what the multiplier uplift was from each of those annual license fees? Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Your next question comes from Mitch Sonnigan from Macquarie. Please go ahead. Good morning, Ed Paul and Stuart. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. G'day. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ed. Um, that's just a quick one first up. Um, just in FY21 for the customers that you did flip over to SaaS, are you able to give us any indication of um, what the multiplier uplift was from each of those annual license fee uh, revenues transition to SaaS? It, it's around our standard, Mitch. Our standard is 1.25 times their annual license fees when they're on-premise. And we, we um, I don't know how to put it, we delivered it at that standard rate. Thank you. Um, just a quick one, uh, moving on to Scientia. Um, you mentioned there wasn't much revenue PVT contribution um, given mm. the, the timing of the acquisition, but was there any ARR contribution uh, revenues transition to SaaS? It, it's around our standard, Mitch. Our standard is 1.25 times their annual license fees when they're on-premise, and we, we um, I don't know how to put it, we delivered it at that standard rate. Thank you. Um, just a quick one, uh, moving on to Scientia. Um, you mentioned there wasn't much revenue PVT contribution um, given mm. the, the timing of the acquisition, but was there any ARR contribution? I guess I'm just wondering, the last public accounts um, in the UK had them doing sort of over $10 million pounds of revenue. Um, so just trying to understand how that yeah. sits today. There's obviously a bit of commentary yeah. in, the, in the financial statements, um, but yeah, yeah, just keen to understand that. Thank you. If, if you look at the results we've delivered today, Chris, SAS ARR growth of 43%, total ARR of 16%. It does not include, it's all organic, does not include anything from Scientia. And when we obviously do our next results uh, briefing, um, we will provide more information at that time. So everything you see today has been organic growth. Yeah, excellent. And just on that, you, you mentioned there's some um, hurdles for the earnouts at FY23, is it possible to, to talk about it in any more detail, or will that be given at the uh, next result? Yeah, that that'll be given at the next result. Um, we we have profit and ARR hurdles, and and that's similar to every other acquisition that we've uh, done, uh, Mitch. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Um, and just another one. Some of the R and D spend obviously continues mm. to tick up, and you've mentioned it'll be up around ten percent year on year um, before going back to your target at eight percent. Um, yep. Can you maybe just talk through, have you increased the, the headcount through the organisation um, significantly? Has this sort of been ongoing reallocation of resources? Just trying to understand that because the the, uh, the expense line for employee yep. costs, you mentioned it'll be up around 10% year on year um, before going back to your target at 8%. Um, yep. Can you maybe just talk through, have you increased the, the headcount through the organisation um, significantly? Has this sort of been ongoing reallocation of resources, just trying to understand that because the the, uh, the expense line for employee yeah. costs through P&L um, continues to come down. So just trying to understand yeah. that dynamic. Thank you. Yeah, the, mac the macro headcount number remains about the same, Chris. We made those um, um, rebalancing um, in F uh, half to FY20. 
Um, and we obviously want people to continue to grow with the business and move from supporting on-premise to SaaS, and that's always our way. Um, but last year, there was a few people um, that didn't want to make that move. We offer it to them, so um, we rebalance those positions out and move to SaaS. Um, we continue to invest um, strongly in R&D. R&D headcount is growing, but within the total cost uh, envelope of Tech One, it's really investing for the future you know, future modules and things like DXP and, and continue to make the SaaS platform scale. Yeah, thanks, Ed. And just final one from me, um, just looking at the higher education, that was a, a good number of wins in, in higher education here. Can you just touch yep. on the competitive landscape is how you're seeing it here in Australia? The future, you know, future modules and things like DXP and, and continue to make the SaaS platform scale. Yeah, thanks, Ed. And just final one from me, um, just looking at the higher education, that was a, a good number of wins in, in higher education here. Can you just touch yep. on the competitive landscape is how you're seeing it here in Australia, um, who you're mainly competing against in tenders, and I guess has there been any yeah. particular um, competitors that are losing more share than others? Thank you. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm, I'll hand over to Stuart in a second. I'll just reiterate, if I remember us sitting here in the half saying, you know, that the numbers for the half for education uh, weren't very strong in terms of growth, but we had a huge runway you know, in um, in half two, and we delivered on that uh, on that promise. But Stuart, can you talk a bit about the competitive landscape? Sure. First, I'll I'll just I couldn't be prouder of the work. I'll hand over to Stuart in a second. I'll just reiterate. If I remember us sitting here in the half saying, you know, that the numbers for the half for education uh, weren't very strong in terms of growth, but we had a huge runway, you know, in um, in half two, and we delivered on that uh, on that promise. But Stuart, can you talk a bit about the competitive landscape? Sure. First, I'll I'll just I couldn't be prouder of the work and the, the results we did in the education space. It, it, it was a huge success for us all. Um, as a an ERP, there really isn't a competitor, so it's really dealing with point solutions. So obviously you've got an Oracle from a financials, but we don't see them playing very much anymore in the space. Um, on the student management side, we really haven't lost a deal in student management at scale for quite some time. Uh, Workday came in with some noise about three, four years ago in the space, but has now left the market and not really supporting the student management side. Uh, on the HRP side, it's your traditional players that we would see, but we don't see anybody offering the depth and breadth of what we offer as a as a verticalized ERP SaaS solution. And as a result, that's why you see them. Obviously, you've got an Oracle from a financials, but we don't see them playing very much anymore in the space. Um, on the student management side, we really haven't lost a deal in student management at scale for quite some time. Uh, Workday came in with some noise about three, four years ago in the space, but has now left the market and not really supporting the student management side. Uh, on the HRP side, it's your traditional players that we would see, but we don't see anybody offering the depth and breadth of what we offer as a as a verticalized ERP SaaS solution. And as a result, that's why you see the wins. So we'll always compete against point solutions, and we do very well there. But if, if somebody's coming for an end-to-end solution, we're the only game. We're pretty excited about that, and that's why we got the results we did. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for taking the questions, guys. Thanks, Mitch. Back Thank to you, you. Harmony. Your next que- Thank you. Your next question comes from Lucy Hang from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Um, thanks, and um, good morning, Ed, Stu, and Paul. Um, I just have um, three questions. So firstly, um, you've mentioned that post-FI24 um, that you expect the business to grow about 15%. Um, plus, I'm just wondering um, what you're thinking around, you know, what will drive this growth? Is it come, going to come from existing customers? 
um, taking on extra modules. Do you see um, about 15% being driven by new customer growth across Australia, UK? Just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, what drives that, um, drives that number. G'day, Lucy. It's Ed here. Um, Lucy, it's the continuation of our of our clear strategy we have today. So uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of all those, to be honest, Lucy. We obviously try to um, get new logos. So just wondering um, what you're thinking around, you know, what will drive this growth? Is it come, going to come from existing customers, um, taking on extra modules? Do you see um, about 15% being driven by new customer growth across Australia, UK? Just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, what drives that, um, drives that number. G'day, Lucy. It's Ed here. Um, Lucy, it's the continuation of our of our clear strategy we have today. So uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of all those, to be honest, Lucy. We obviously try to um, get new logos in the markets we um, serve. Uh, I should say in Australia, we have a lot of logo penetration, um, but we've got lots of products and modules to sell them. We'll see new logo growth mainly come from the UK. Um, we'll continue to sell more and more products to our existing customers. You know, we've just bought Sienti or a new product, I'm sure, uh, if we fast forward to FY24, there will be a couple more products that we've either built or acquired along the way. And so every time we enter a new region or enter or create a new product module extension, we're creating more total addressable market, if you like. And so that market will continue to grow and then we'll harvest uh, that market in new logos in a stress forward to FY24. There will be a couple more products that we've either built or acquired along the way. And so every time we enter a new region, or enter or create a new product module extension, we're creating more total addressable market, if you like. And so that market will continue to grow and then we'll harvest uh, that market in new logos in Australia, new logos in the UK uh, and product penetration. And so it's effectively why we um, start disclosing net revenue retention because it's a, it's a key plank of ours. So it's going to be a little bit all of those, uh, Lucy. Wonderful. Um, and then just secondly, so um, you mentioned that we've got a first customer on a new logos in the UK uh, and product penetration. And so it's effectively why we um, start disclosing net revenue retention because it's a, it's a key plank of ours. So it's going to be a little bit all of those, uh, Lucy. Wonderful. Um, and then just secondly, so um, you mentioned that we've got a first customer on a trial for DXP local government. So just wondering, yeah. um, have you guys put any thought as to um, any potential monetization um, yeah. of this product? Any, you know, what's your thinking around that? It's very early days, Lucy, but if I can tell you that when we worked with um, some of the uh, customers and prospects in local government and higher education, they were spending millions of dollars per year each, you know, working with the lights of uh, Salesforce or some startups to try to handcraft it, create a b bespoke solution. And, um, you know, when, when they're using um, Tech One to power their whole enterprise, all the data is coming from Tech One. It just makes sense for us to extend and, and um, you know, um, reach out to the front office, um, create more value for our customers, become stickier. And so, um, we think there's a lot of value in it. That's where we're going in short. And um, we think, you know, we sell property and rating today. It could be one times property and rating. So we're talking hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars for a large council. It's very early days. You know, we're testing the market, but we know that they're paying the likes of 
some startups and sales. Um, we think there's a lot of value in it. That's where we're going in short. And um, we think, you know, we sell property and rating today. It could be one times property and rating. So we're talking hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of dollars for a large council. It's very early days. You know, we're testing the market, but we know that they're paying the likes of some startups and salesforce.com millions of dollars a year to try to create what we've already um, been able to achieve in phase one for local government. Yeah. So it's very exciting, Lucy. I think it will um, increase our total addressable mm-hmm. market significantly in local government and higher education. Yeah, understood. Um, and then just one last one for me. Um, I just noticed that churn ticked up slightly to 1.37% mm. for this year. So just wondering if you can give us some colour around um, what, what were the moving parts to that. Of course, they've got millions of dollars a year to try to create what we've already um, been able to achieve in phase one for local government. Yeah. So it's very exciting, Lucy. I think it will um, increase our total addressable mm-hmm. market significantly in local government and higher education. Yeah, understood. Um, and then just one last one for me. Um, I just noticed that churn ticked up slightly to 1.37% mm. for this year. So just wondering if you can give us some colour around um, what, what were the moving parts to that. It's nothing to be concerned about. We're not concerned. And you, you see back in 11 and 12, it's sort of sometimes it ticks up, sometimes it doesn't. Um, we did see through um, COVID a couple of mergers, mergers of um, some not-for-profits, mergers of um, some banks, et cetera. And then there's the usual mergers of um, a government department. So um, nothing, it's nothing to be concerned about. We're not concerned. And you, you see back in 11 and 12, it's sort of sometimes it ticks up, sometimes it doesn't. Um, we did see through um, COVID a couple of mergers, mergers of um, some not-for-profits, mergers of um, some banks, et cetera. And then there's the usual mergers of um, a government department. So um, nothing we're concerned about, just a slight blip for the year, Lucy. No, understood. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Thank you. Your next question comes from Jules Cooper from Shore and Partners. Please go ahead. I think we're concerned about just a slight blip for the year, Lucy. No, understood. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Thank you. Your next question comes from Jules Cooper from Shore and Partners. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for uh, taking a couple of questions. Um, Firstly, Ed, uh, the uh, success in the UK with eight new logos um, uh, certainly a bit of a step up. Can you can you maybe just talk to how we should think about that from a, a win rate perspective on the RFPs that you did participate in? So that's, that's the yeah. first one to get a sort of sense for the, the cadence there. And then the eight million of new revenue haven't sort of worked all the way through it, but you know just taking your comments earlier about you know backing out the existing customer um, contribution. If you could just give us a sense for um, maybe how that fell between the UK and Australia, and if you could, that's, that's the yeah. first one to get a sort of sense for the, the cadence there. And then the eight million of new revenue haven't sort of worked all the way through it, but you know, just taking your comments earlier about you know, backing out the existing customer um, contribution, if you could just give us a sense for um, maybe how that fell between the UK and Australia, and if you could just give us some examples in Australia without, you know, specifically talking to number yeah. of logos, which I know you don't like to do, but just how we can <laughs> sort of think about where that's coming from, you know, in the Australia yeah. market and then what proportion was coming from the UK? 
Yeah. Um, thanks, Jules. You'll see that we reported um, total ARR in the UK of uh, $9 million from 7.5. So it's 1.5 million. That's all new logos, to be honest. Um, we, we do a, a fraction of just selling a few products and modules in the UK. That will grow over time. Um, and then uh, in term, I think one part of your question was um, the win rates in the UK. I might hand to Stuart. Um, mm-hmm. We already set up a million dollars from 7.5. So it's 1.5 million. That's all new logos, to be honest. Um, we, we do a, a fraction of just selling a few products and modules in the UK. That will grow over time. Um, and then uh, in term, I think one part of your question was um, the win rates in the UK. I might hand to Stuart. Mm-hmm. Um, we already set up. Uh, or we knew that there wasn't going to be much business that came to market in higher education at all uh, during FY21, and those predictions came true, uh, and we said well, most of the activity will come from local government. Um, Stuart, can you talk to us about sure. the districts and unitaries and yeah. know, what you see? Yeah, we definitely know our sweet spot with the districts in the UK. Our win rate's easily over 65%. Uh, we, we know how to position. We know who we're taking out as well. as a, We have a, a very clean model of, of the current incumbent and how we replace them. So we're, we're doing very well there. And as I mentioned before, uh, the Unitrees, we're, we're learning, but we're doing surprisingly well. Uh, and so that is growing. That pipeline is growing quite fast, easily over 65%. Uh, we, we know how to position. We know who we're taking out as well. As a, we have a, a very clean model of, of the current incumbent and how we replace them. So we're, we're doing very well there. And as I mentioned before, uh, the Unitrees, we're, we're learning, but we're doing surprisingly well. Uh, and so that is growing. That pipeline is growing quite fast. But I would say our win rate is, you know, probably in the, the, the high, high 30s, low 40s. But it's it's better than expected, and we're learning very fast how to even prove, prove upon that. Thanks. Um, Jules, there was many parts to your question. Can you just uh, let us know if we've missed any or, or come back to ones that you would like us to address? No, no. That's helpful, and, and clearly you're um, – maybe just in addition, just some, some examples of where you are seeing new logos in ANZ um, because it's actually, yeah. you know, quite a reason. Thanks. Um, Jules, there was many parts to your question. Can you just uh, let us know if we've missed any or, or come back to ones that you would like us to address? No, no. That's helpful, and, and clearly you're um, – maybe just in addition, just some, some examples of where you are seeing new logos in ANZ um, because it's actually, yeah. you know, quite a reasonable number. Um, I don't know, it's just some sort of flavour of maybe sectors or something that we can yeah. kind of, you know, put a, a pin in the, in the board around. Yeah, it might be handed to Some of those um, logos in higher ed are new logos as well. Yeah, yeah so in our core verticals of government, uh, education, local government, when there's a new logo, we jump on it like mad because it's it's a rare opportunity that we can actually – take advantage of it. So you know, that's where you see the wins that we got this year, definitely from that space because we, we hyper-focused on it. But our traditional new logos come from the asset-intensive market, from the health community service market. You know, for us, that's a greenfield, and we're building that out. But when there's an opportunity for uh, sure, Some of those um, logos in higher ed are new logos as well. Yeah, yeah so in, in our core verticals of government, uh, education, local government, when there's a new logo, we jump on it like mad because it's it's a rare opportunity that we can actually – take advantage of it. So you know, that's where you see the wins that we got this year, definitely from that space because we, we hyper-focused on it. But our traditional new logos come from the asset-intensive market, from the health community service market. You know, for us, that's a greenfield, and we're building that out. But when there's an opportunity for a local council in Australia, we jump all over it because it's so important to us. Well, yeah, excellent. And just lastly, Ed, from me, just the cash flow generation was um, good mm-hmm. you know, versus your guidance. Um, 
just wondered if you could make a comment just around that <clears throat> the lease rebate, um, whether sorry the rent rebate. I think you described it. Is that a local council in Australia? We jump all over it because it's so important to us. Or well, yeah, excellent. And just lastly, Ed, from me, just the cash flow generation was um, good mm-hmm. you know, versus your guidance. Um, just wondered if you could make a comment just around that <clears throat> the lease rebate, um, whether sorry the rent rebate. I think you described it. Is that something expected to occur next year? And um, and just if you can give us any colour around how you think about cash flow generation as a percentage of impact or, or growth this year, yeah. how you just see it tracking yeah. next year would be helpful. Yeah, I might start with your last question first. If you can think back to the half, we gave some um, uh, some predictions. Something expected to occur next year, and um, and just if you can give us any colour around how you think about cash flow generation as a percentage of impact or, or growth this year, yeah. how you just see it tracking yeah. next year would be helpful. Yeah, I might start with your last question first. If you can think back to the half, we gave some um, uh, some predi- models, if you like, predictions of cash flow generation. So uh, we predicted that we'd do 88% of NPAT this year, uh, 80% of NPAT this year, and you could probably draw a straight line between there and FY24 where it will turn to be in line with NPAT jewels. Uh, and we're on track to deliver yep. that that guidance, if you like, that we gave back then. Um, Paul, models, if you like, predictions of cash flow generation. So uh, we predicted that we'd do 88% of NPAT this year, uh, 80% of NPAT this year, and you could probably draw a straight line between there and FY24, where it will turn to be in line with NPAT jewels. Uh, and we're on track to deliver yep. that, that guidance, if you like, that we gave back then. Um, Paul, do you want to um, take the ball on the on the the rent rebate and what to expect this year? Yeah, hi Jules. Um, the rent rebate runs out in July, um, so it's I mean, we put the number in the notes in the financial statements. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it won't continue. It's, um, it's something that we negotiated mm-hmm. when we negotiated the extension here at HQ um, two or three years ago. Um, so we're able to take the benefit of it over these twelve to eighteen months. Um, so no, not recurring. Um, and I agree with Ed's comments about uh, the cash flow generation versus NPAT that will uh, increase to, to be in line with NPAT by FY24 as extension here at HQ um, two or three years ago. Um, so we're able to take the benefit of it over these 12 to 18 months. Um, so no, not recurring. Um, and I agree with Ed's comments about uh, the cash flow generation versus NPAT that will uh, increase to, to be in line with NPAT by FY24 as uh, the R&D amortisation catches up to the um, amount of R&D, which is um, of the development that's capitalised. Okay. Well, and just to sort of be clear, you mean Ju- July um, next year in terms of the... Um, 22. When that runs out, yeah? Yeah. 22. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jules. Thank you. Your next question comes from Michael Aspinall from Jefferies. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Ed, Stuart, and Paul. Um, I might just start with a few on revenue. Uh, revenue in the continuing business ARR was up kind of much more than revenue recognised, which implies a bit was adding. Okay. Well, and just to sort of be clear, you mean Ju- July um, next year in terms of the... Um, 22. When that runs out, yeah? Yeah. 22. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jules. Thank you. Your next question comes from Michael Aspinall from Jefferies. Please go ahead. Thanks. Good morning, Ed, Stuart, Paul. Um, I might just start with a few on revenue. Uh, revenue in the continuing business ARR was up kind of much more than 
revenue recognised, which implies a bit was adding late in the year. And I think you mentioned something similar when talking through working capital. Can you just give us an idea of what the driver of customers being added later in the year was? Yeah, yeah. If you look at our um, customer base, uh, Michael, local governments, governments, higher education, um, many of them have financial year ends around June. And so um, it's quite interesting. They're either spending up their budgets in June or waiting to a new financial year in July. So we see this phenomenon where a lot of our business gets done in, you know, June, July, August, September. It's it's, it's been the way for Tech One for many, many years. And that's why, um, uh, like you said, the amount of deals are done in Q3, Q4. Obviously, we get the benefit of that in the next year. And from a cash flow point of view, um, it means that's where their anniversary dates fall. And that's when we get a, a big sort of cash inflow from those customers so, you know, June, July, August, September, it's, it's, it's been the way for Tech One for many, many years. And that's why, um, uh, like you said, the amount of deals are done in Q3, Q4. Obviously, we get the benefit of that in the next year. And from a cash flow point of view, um, it means that's where their anniversary dates fall. And that's when we get a, a big sort of cash inflow from those customers. Does that make sense, Michael? Yeah, that makes sense. And you showed revenue from the continuing business was up 9% this year and kind of mm. growing at 15% every year from here. Just just wondering what's going to drive the uptick from, yeah. say, 9% to 15%. Yeah, um, just to clarify, firstly, uh, it will grow to 15-plus uh, percent in FY24, and it's really the headwinds that are coming off our license fee business. So if you can picture that slide where it went from 75 down to 18 today, it'll be, you know, progressively drive down as we end, end of on-premise to FY24. Um, and then as customers are buying more to 15 uh, plus percent in FY24, and it's really the headwinds that are coming off our license fee business. So if you can picture that slide where it went from 75 down to 18 today, it'll be, you know, progressively drive down as we end, end of on-premise to FY24. Um, and then as customers are buying more and more SaaS, they're not buying on-premise anymore, you'll see that grow. So it's the growth in SaaS and the reduction in on-premise license that will um, result in the SaaS and continuing business becoming our total revenue and growing at 15 plus percent per annum by about FY24, Michael. Okay. Um, I think wasn't then plus 9% excluding the change in initial license fees? Uh, it was 9% when you exclude the initial license fees. That's right. Yep. Yep. So we still got a few yep. years yep. ahead when okay. those license fees comes down progressively. Okay. And did you mention before that um, that the uplift from moving from on-prem to SaaS was 1.25? Yep. Yeah. So if a customer is paying us, um, say, $100,000 for their um, on-premise annual license fees, you add another 125 on top of that. So then that's the SaaS platform fee as they come to SaaS platform. If you look at that customer, then the total they'll be paying us is 225000 per annum in that example. Okay, cool, gotcha. Just wanted to clarify that. And following on mm-hmm. um, one from Mitch, you gave some context on kind of how you retain staff outside of remuneration, but mm. there's a very tight labour market in tech by all accounts. What should we yeah. expect on kind of the labour front from a pricing perspective? Other companies are kind of seeing double-digit rises in the next 12 months or so. Yeah, we've uh, we've given our managers healthy budgets uh, for room increases. Uh, it's not a number we disclose because um, some high performance in our business will earn more, and, and lower performers will probably get a lower increase. Um, but it's all done within you know the the cost profiles we set, and um, you know we're 
again, we're just driving efficiencies in our business in the SaaS platform, for example, and that fuels or funds us to make investments in R&D and in our people. Um, and we're confident that we've uh, addressed in a holistic way our team and our people. It's not just remuneration. It really is about careers and, and all of the cultural events and, and the foundation. So we look at it as a complete package. Um, and, you know, we, we serve our staff and, and we seem to be hitting the mark with them. Okay, and then just the last one for me, kind of on the UK, I know it's been talked about a bit already, but if I thought forward to, say, FY26, can you give us kind of a rough idea of how much of that 500 mil ARR is coming from the UK? Um, that's a good question. It's not, it's not, it's not something that we've uh, thought about uh, in that much uh, detail yet or disclosed, I should say, Michael. Um, we don't need um, UK to be... Um, contributing hugely achieve those numbers when you look at okay. um, that's a good question it's not, it's not it's not something that we've uh, thought about uh, in that much uh, detail yet or disclosed I should say Michael um, we don't need um, UK to be um, contributing hugely achieve those numbers when you look at um, the SAS flips we have in Australia product penetration new products that we've acquired um, I'll put it this way we've got many many levers um, that we can pull with our customers to achieve that 500 plus million. Okay, sorry, I'll just take one more on then. I mean, is pricing a, a large component of that or a lever that you would pull? And have you pulled it much kind of in the past few years? Yeah, we haven't pulled any pricing levers. Um, we have naturally in our um, the SaaS flips we have in Australia, product penetration, new products that we've acquired. Um, I'll put it this way. We've got many, many levers um, that we can pull with our customers to achieve that 500 plus million. Okay, sorry, I'll just take one more on then. I mean, is pricing a, a large component of that or a lever that you would pull? And have you pulled it much kind of in the past few years? Yeah, we haven't pulled any pricing levers. Um, we have naturally in our, um, in our recurring revenue contracts, you know, CPI growth, but CPI has been very low for the last couple of years. And so, um, on two fronts, we haven't seen pricing pressure to drop pricing down, but we haven't increased our prices either. So this is all just through, um, you know, selling customers, moving to on-premise, selling them new modules, new new products, or in fact, winning um, new logos that we don't have uh, yet, Michael. Okay, great. So thanks very much for that. Thank you. Harmony. Thank you. You're next. Oh, sorry, Harmony, over sorry. to you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Andrew. Pricing down, but we haven't increased our prices either. So this is all just through, um, you know, selling customers, moving to on-premise, selling them new modules, new new products, or in fact, winning um, new logos that we don't have uh, yet, Michael. Okay, great. So thanks very much for that. Thank you. Harmony. Thank you. Your next. Oh, sorry, Harmony, over sorry. to you. Thank you. Your next question comes from Andrew Dunlan from UBS. Please go ahead. Morning, all. Uh, just one from me, sort of following on the last question. Just the, the net ads of the enterprise customers in the second half, in 61. You kind of talked around the seasonality of the business, which makes sense. But, um, I mean, just given that sort of, you know, ending on-premise sales support, how should we think about the pipeline? I mean, should it be that typical seasonality? Because it has been, I guess, around that 100 net ads for the last couple of years. I'm just wondering if it should look more like the second half in, in both halves or typical seasonality this year. 
Yeah, we're probably it's probably the first, Andrew. We expect that typical seasonality to continue. Board, how should we think about the pipeline? I mean, should it be that typical seasonality? Because it has been, I guess, around that 100 net ads for the last couple of years. I'm just wondering if it should look more like the second half in, in both halves or typical seasonality this year. Yeah, we're probably it's probably the first, Andrew. We expect that typical seasonality to continue. Um, announcing end of on prem does give us a bit of a tailwind. You know, it, it's it's a it's a line in the sand. We have been working with the existing, you know, remaining on premise customers to move to SaaS. As Stuart said, now they go into their budget cycles. And you know, if you think about those types of government departments or local governments or higher eds, the budget cycles typically are June, July, you know, and August, September. So we think that seasonality will continue, Andrew. Okay. No, great. That's it for me. Thanks. Thank you. As Stuart said, now they go into their budget cycles. And, you know, if you think about those types of government departments or local governments or higher eds, the budget cycles typically are June, July, you know, and August, September. So we think that seasonality will continue, Andrew. Okay. No, great. That's it for me. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, if, if you wish to ask a question via the phones, please press star 1 on your telephone. If you wish to ask a question via the webcast, please type it into the Ask a Question box. Your next question comes from Ross Barrows from Wilson's. Please go ahead. Yeah, great. Thanks for taking my question. Just um, some considerations around growth. I mean, there's a lot of confidence around the business, and rightly so. It's a, it's a robust yeah. outlook. but. Can you perhaps share with us some of the things that we'll be watching closely over the coming year in, in terms of potential challenges and, you know, perhaps focus on the controllables more than the, the I guess, the uncontrollables and externalities? Thanks. Mm. Um, thanks. G'day, uh, Ross. Um, thanks for your question. Um, for us, it's all about execution. We've got a very clear runway with our customers. We're very close to our customers, so we are working with them closely. We have roadmaps of when they're going to move to software as a service and when they rules and externalities. Thanks. Mm. Um, thanks. G'day, uh, Ross. Um, thanks for your question. Um, for us, it's all about execution. We've got a very clear runway with our customers. We're very close to our customers, so we are working with them closely. We have roadmaps of when they're going to move to software as a service and when they're going to, you know, come to tender and come to market for different products and modules. Um, so, we don't see the externalities per se are, are going to have impact because what we do is provide mission critical software that is really streamlining the operations of a local government or a university. I, I remember sitting here probably this time last year, um, Stuart, when people were asking us about, you know, international students mm -hmm. and would people, you know, do you see downside in, in higher education? But impact because what we do is provide mission critical software that is really streamlining the operations of a local government or a university. I, I remember sitting here probably this time last year, um, Stuart, when people were asking us about, you know, international students mm -hmm. and would people, you know, do you see downside in, in higher education? But in fact, we only see upside for us because organizations are looking to save money, automate process, et cetera. Is anything you'd add? No, no, add I to totally that? agree. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, Ross, that, um, we think uh, mission-critical software, streamlining business, saving money, all the benefits customers get from SaaS, uh, we just got to remain focused, keep close to our customers and execute um, for them and with them. That's great. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. One more question, is there? Yeah. Thank you. Your next question comes from Nick Harris from Morgan's. Please go ahead. 
thanks. I promised to come back with a couple more, so I thought I'd better. Um, just quickly, the, the consulting side. I saw you've got a slide there talking about consulting, moving more to a recurring. Um, yeah. Could you um, elaborate on that? And then the second bit also on consulting was just yep. with the move to end of on-premise, should we yep. expect consulting to grow or just the ease of migration means it stays broadly where it is? Thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks, Nick. That's in the appendixes. Um, We've got two parts to our consulting business. One, which is new projects. So if we win a new customer or, or you know, a whole new or a couple of new products into uh, existing customers, the new projects division uh, implements that with our customers and for our customers. The second part is application managed services um, for existing customers. So think about a customer that's already gone through new projects and is live. Um, they might... Stays broadly where it is. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks, Nick. That's in the appendixes. Um, We've got two parts to our consulting business. One, which is new projects. So if we win a new customer or, or you know, a whole new or a couple of new products into uh, existing customers, the new projects division uh, implements that with our customers and for our customers. The second part is application managed services um, for existing customers. So think about a customer that's already gone through new projects and is live. Um, they might hire us through application managed services to supplement their own you know, system administrators um, or by AMS contracts, which is the recurring revenue contracts that you're talking about to, you know, update workflows, write reports, um, do simple configuration changes. And so part of our strategy is not only to win new business and implement it, um, but to um, sell AMS contracts to help our customers extract the most value out of the software that they've acquired. And so um, that existing consulting, if you like, is a key part of our consulting strategy um, to, you know, um, sell those um, application managed service contracts to our customers. It's sticky. It's recurring revenue. It's sort of like ARR. It's not in our ARR number, um, but um, it's a it's a great strategy, and, and uh, the team are executing well on that. Um, was there a second part to yeah, yeah. Uh, end of on prem? Yeah, it's um, end of on premise. Um, a little bit unrelated in a respect because that's about just moving our customers to the software as a service from on-premise. Um, that's frictionless for our customers. It's the same um, same software. It's done in weeks, not months. The service contracts to our customers. It's sticky. It's recurring revenue. It's sort of like ARR. It's not in our ARR number, um, but um, it's a it's a great strategy, and, and uh, the team are executing well on that. Um, was there a second part to yeah, yeah. Uh, end of on-prem? Yeah, it's um, end of on-premise. Um, a little bit unrelated in a respect because that's about just moving our customers to the software as a service from on-premise. Um, that's frictionless for our customers. It's the same um, same software. It's done in weeks, not months. Doesn't need any consulting. Um, but what the magic comes from once you're on the SaaS platform and all products and all modules are available, it's frictionless. They might then approach us to implement it for them to buy new software, to buy new modules, and so um, SaaS platform just opens up. Um, frictionless sales for us, Nick. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thanks. I think um, that comes to time. So, Harmony, I might just um, say a few words of thanks us to implement it for them, to buy new software, to buy new modules. And so um, SaaS platform just opens up um, frictionless sales for us, Nick. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thanks. I think... Um, that comes to time. So Harmony, I might just um, say a few words of thanks and then we might wrap up. Um, it's been a fantastic year. None of this could be done without the 
passionate, talented, hardworking people at Tech One. Thanks to Stuart. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to the leadership team and all the staff and team members at Tech One. We couldn't do it without you. Um, look forward to doing it again in FY22. Um, Harmony, I might throw over to you now to, to wrap up, please. Thank you. That does conclude the conference for today. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. And then we might wrap up. Um, it's been a fantastic year. None of this could be done without the passionate, talented, hardworking people at Tech One. Thanks to Stuart. Thanks to Paul. Thanks to the leadership team and all the staff and team members at Tech One. We couldn't do it without you. Um, look forward to doing it again at FY22. Um, Harmony, I might throw over to you now to, to wrap up, please. Thank you. That does conclude the conference for today. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. <laughs>